Welcome to The Mindful Mentor, a space dedicated to building a culture of self-awareness and empathy in business, life, and family. I'm your host, Bree Gordon, board-certified and trauma-informed music therapist, community educator, and advocate. Join me as I interview professionals, parents, partners, and community members from around the country. Hear their stories and feel connected. Thank you so much for joining us. You are listening to The Mindful Mentor. I'm your host, Pre Gordon, and this is episode 55. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if this is your first time listening to The Mindful Mentor, welcome. Uh, you can expect over the next few moments to hear uh, a real story from a real person and uh, who's going to deliver a message today as, as all of our episodes do that is meant to shine a light on the importance of not only uh, self-awareness, but also of community connection, of empathy, um, how we can be better served for ourselves and for each other when we are open to these things as a means of overcoming times of adversity, of overcoming times of challenges. And today is a, a topic that's been been a difficult one. You know, we've had several of our, our last episodes. And if this is a topic that you were interested in, I hope you'll go back and, and check those out. Um, this has been a difficult one to talk about, but something that's been close to, to my heart, to my community. Um, and it is one that is around the topic of violence, um, specifically of gun violence we've been talking about recently. And my goal is to offer different perspectives from different members of the community, whether it's an educator, a mentor, a parent, a friend, a professional, uh, someone with a personal connection, so that if you are going through this in your community, you can listen to these stories and you can feel that you are not alone. You can feel seen and heard in the conversations that are happening here um, and that you have resources so we have been talking about resources of community engagement, of mentorship, of reaching out to one another, of seeking services for yourself. Um, and today is going to offer some resources on how we can better our safety measures at our school, in our community, and, and possibly get more involved and engaged in the legislative process and, and how to and become more involved in, in fighting for some of these things that we believe in. So I'm really excited for our conversation today. So again, if you're a repeat listener, thank you. If you're new to the program, that's what you can expect. And I don't want to waste any more time. I want to jump right in with our guest today. I am so honored to have um, some time to sit down and talk with Max Schachter. Max is a national school safety advocate after his son Alex was murdered in the Parkland school shooting. Max is the founder and executive director for Safe Schools for Alex. If Again, if you have been listening to this program, you know that this is a community I've been working with over the last several years. Talk about it a lot on the programming um, as it comes up, not only the last few episodes, but in just talking about trauma-informed work as well. Um, so I just, for, for that reason and so many others, uh, Max, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you for having me, Bree. Yes, absolutely. So 
I would love it if you just want to dive in and, and just share a little bit about, I mean, obviously, um, we know why you are passionate about this topic for sure. Um, but maybe just a little bit about your background and, and things that in your life that maybe led you to talking about this specific topic of school safety versus going after other avenues um, in, in this, this world that we kind of live in right now. Yeah, sure. Well, after, after uh, your loved one is, is murdered in a, a mass shooting, you, um, you know, after this happened to me, I, I was too, too busy, um, you know, with, with the anger uh, to, to really grieve properly. I was uh, too, too focused on accountability than I, I really was to uh, to grieve properly, and so unfortunately, that that happened to a lot of the Parkland families. I assume this is what will happen to a lot of the families in Ovalde as well. And it it wasn't three weeks after I buried my son when I was uh, holding a school safety conference in in Parkland, Florida where I brought together, you know, experts from all over the country to try to figure out how we can make our schools safer. I had, uh, I have three children and I wanted to make sure that nothing happened to them. So my, my journey has been, um, you know, a hard one in, in 2008, I lost my wife. Uh, she, she, uh, she passed away in her sleep and never woke up again. And I thought that, that that day was the worst day of my life. I had two little boys at the time, Ryan and Alex. And, and then I met a woman several years later, friends of friends introduced me and uh, her husband had died of a heart attack. She had two little girls named uh, Morgan and Avery. She lived in New York at the time. And we had a decision to make: do uh, do 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 I with with Ryan and Alex move to New York to, to be with her, or does does she move to Florida with Morgan and Avery to be with us? And we made the wrong decision. We moved to Florida. We moved to Parkland, and because we thought the schools were safer there, safe you know the best schools in Florida. Unfortunately, obviously, they were not because an armed former student with an AR-15 and a rifle bag walked right into Alex's high school and murdered Alex and 16 others. So after that happened, I set out on that on this journey to make schools safer and prevent this from happening again. Obviously, you know, I haven't been successful, but we have done a lot of good since Parkland. I think that more good, more positive school safety measures and awareness have come from after Parkland than any other school shooting since Columbine. And um, so I've done I've done a lot of advocacy advocacy in Florida and also at the federal level. And, um, you know, I can certainly talk about, about any of that. 
Yeah. First of all, just thank you for, for what you do through your, your grief and your pain. And, um, and I, and I hope that you have had time um, in the midst of being so busy and all the work that you're doing to, to take care of yourself, because I do want to stop and honor that. And I appreciate that you started by saying you didn't have time for that in the beginning. Right. And, and, and who would, it's not like the world gets to go on pause, especially when you are filled with so much passion. And as you said, anger um, to make a difference and to move forward. So I really appreciate you acknowledging both sides of that, you know, the, the importance of taking time to feel and to grieve um, and, and also feeling so called to just move forward and, and to push forward with these initiatives, which, which you've, you've obviously done. And I, I totally agree with what you're saying about so much mobilizing after the Parkland shooting in, for school safety and in, in, in so many other areas too. You know, we've done work with, um, uh, with Manny before when I was involved with Shine Camp and, and these different parents to just observe, um, you know, what they're doing in the community is it's, it's incredible. Um, it's commendable. We certainly do see more awareness happening, um, not only locally, but nationally as well. What do you feel specifically has been changes that you've observed and that you've firsthand um, been been the the cause of when it comes to improvement in school safety? Um, yeah, so I can I can certainly touch on what we've done post Parkland, but you know I I you know just thinking about you know hearing hearing your your comments after I was talking you know all of us and and I love Manny Manny's Manny's wonderful so so talented you know I think the the common theme as you talk to to all of us is that we want to make sure that our loved ones are not forgotten and each of us in our own way want to do um what we can to keep our loved ones memories alive number 1 and number 2 to to do positive things so that they didn't die in vain. So that, that, that is, that is above all else. Um, the other thing that's maybe a little different in my story is that after a lot of these tragedies, the governor of the states form, uh, form commissions to investigate these events. And so governor Rick Scott formed the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas high school public safety commission. And I wanted to be on that commission. I wanted to find out what happened to Alex, and I wanted to hold those individuals accountable. And and I was chosen to be one of the 15 commissioners on the MSD commission. So that's also a little different. So a lot of my work has has been in on that commission. And um, it's been hard every time we met, you know, we met monthly to investigate the Parkland. We were the Parkland, we were the investigative body, the statewide body for the Parkland school shooting. So we investigated all the interactions between the Parkland murderer and the school board, all the interactions between the murderer and uh, law enforcement, and then came up with recommendations to make schools safer throughout the state. So every time that happened, I had to relive Alex's murder all over again. And then the other thing that I believe in is that in order to prevent the next tragedy, we really must learn from our past. Our past is both 
a, um, a history lesson and a fortune teller, unfortunately. And so, and everyone is so busy with their daily lives. I travel around the country and I speak about these issues. So I re-traumatize myself every time this happens, you know, even, even doing a little podcast, um, you know, uh, you know, where I don't have to speak in front of hundreds and hundreds of people, it's, it's difficult. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm just a dad. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, if that's good for me, I guess, I guess everyone is different. Um, it's hard, you know, it's hard for me whenever I, I, I go back to that, that horrible place there. And I remember what happened, um, you know, for, for a long time, I really didn't seek any, any mental health, um, treatment. Um, maybe about a year ago, I, I started to, to receive some, um, some EMDR because I, I thought that I needed help with the anger and, and it has, it has been helpful, but, um, you know, we've got the trial coming up. I just got notification yesterday that the trial for the Parkland murder will be uh, July 18th. And that's probably going to be the hardest thing that I've ever done outside of, of burying Alex. Um, oh. You know, I, I, after your wife dies at 30, 39, you know, it's not some, you know, we didn't go to the cemetery or really have those kinds of discussions and having your child, you know, um, that's the word, losing your child, having your, your child predecease you, that is absolutely the worst thing a parent could ever go through. So, you know, even though I had been to the, the cemetery before, uh, going there for Alex was, was just absolutely just horrible. Um, so you know, it's been, it's been a hard, uh, last four years, Of course. but, um, you know, shifting gears to, to your question, um, you know, we've done a lot in Florida, the MSD commission, um, you know, obviously analyzed the tragedy, investigated it, and then we made recommendations. We've issued multiple state reports that resulted in multiple pieces of school safety legislation. And um, we're doing things in Florida that no other state has done. So for specifics, we have uh, in every school, you will see an armed school safety officer. All 4,000 K through 12 schools have a minimum of at least one. That is a product of the MSD commission. We now have threat assessment teams in every school. Uh, we passed the Alyssa's Alert Law, named after Alyssa Aladef, who was also murdered in Alex's classroom. And so that's a panic app law that every teacher is supposed to have a panic app now because we know that seconds save lives. Every 10 seconds in a mass shooting, someone is getting shot. So you know, emergency notification to law enforcement and the rest of the campus is extremely important. Uh, that was one of the failures at, at, at Alex's high school. So we have a panic app law. We have uh, a uh, anonymous threat reporting system now in our state called Fortify Florida. 
And in Broward County, they use uh, Safer Watch so that kids and and teachers and parents can report in when an individual is threatening to hurt themselves or others. We passed a red flag laws or emergency risk protection orders in Florida uh, for for individuals that are having anger management issues and are violent and um, law enforcement deems them to be a threat to themselves or others, they can go to court. And if the court agrees, they can um, request that that they turn over their weapons. Uh, We did raise the age from 18 to 21 for individuals to buy for buy a weapon here in Florida. And so we've we've done a lot on the gun safety front. We've done a lot on the school safety front. We formed an office of safe schools in the Florida Department of Education, which we did not have prior to that. We have, I think, over 25 people in that division right now. They're doing great work, which obviously did not exist prior to Parkland. But even though we've made a lot of progress, uh, we've done a lot on the mental health as well. You know, we're we're still in still you know trying to improve every day and um you never get to perfection so you know as as um i speak around the country and i travel there's still a lot of complacency that that i come up against that where they think it's not going to happen there not going to happen here not going to happen in their community i'm sure they never thought it was going to happen in ovalde so there's a lot more work that needs to be done um, at the federal level. I came up with an idea after Parkland to that we needed a, a comprehensive one-stop shop federal school safety clearinghouse. I worked with the former administration to create that clearinghouse. And then in 2020, that clearinghouse, uh, schoolsafety.gov, was formed inside the Department of Homeland Security. And then I worked for the last four years to get that clearinghouse um, put into law and, and made permanent. And very, I was very, very pleased when that schoolsafety.gov was put in the new gun safety bill that was passed on Saturday by uh, signed into law by, by Joe Biden. So that that was really exciting. Uh, so congratulations. Thank you. So there's been a lot of a lot done at the state level, at the federal level, uh, but but we're we're still working hard to make schools safer all over the country. That's why we created Safe Schools for Alex. That's incredible! Wow, I and I follow you and 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 you guys and the things you're doing, and I just I, I had no idea about so many of those things um, that are are actual tangible actionable change that has come um, from the hard work that you do. That's, that's remarkable. Thank you. Um, and that, Thank and you. those that you work with to get all that done. That's amazing. I, I'm going to do kind of like you did and, and, and jump back and around a little bit, but I think that's actually really appropriate to the conversation we're having about grief and trauma. Cause that's how that works too. <laughs> it's not linear. Um, it bounces around. Um, I, I just, I really, I really do appreciate you sharing so honestly and vulnerably about your personal um, journey, your mental health journey through this, your grief journey through this, because I do feel like that is 
the part of this that, that we aren't really talking about. It, it almost becomes easier, more palatable, maybe for others to focus on the, the good things that are coming, right? And, and all the action that's being done and all the movement forward and the awareness and all these things. And, and while that is so valuable, obviously, um, especially as it lends itself to preventing future tragedies, what you were sharing earlier is the reality of what you're living with every single day. Um, and, and I think that the, the public, uh, the media, it might shift with that wave of the forward motion. And, and yet you and the other parents are, are left with what you're coping with. And I had not heard about the new trial date being set. Um, so I, you know, I have, you know, like, like so much of our community been sitting waiting for that to happen. And I cannot imagine what that experience will be like for you and the other parents. I'm so sorry that you have to go through this all over again. Um, and I guess my biggest question for you at this point is what, what do you do for yourself? I, I know that you mentioned the EMDR and I hope that that has been a, a help for you, but what, what are some things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis for coping, for grounding, to, to face things like the upcoming trial, to go to Washington and fight for these things, to travel for a conference and speak um, about you know everything you've shared today, even to do these podcasts, like you said, even to do a podcast can be re-traumatizing. What are some things that you do for yourself that you think could be helpful for, for others that are going through something like this? Uh, you know, prior to the shooting, I had a, a small insurance company. So, and I had lost my wife, um, but obviously this is a lot different. You know, after, after the shooting, I did start to, to realize that what helped me was helping others. And, um, and so that's, that's one thing that, that I try to do that gives me, gives me joy, obviously spending time with my family as well. Um, and my, my children, Alex's sisters, Morgan and Avery and Alex's brother, Ryan, um, is, uh, so that's, that's one, uh, one thing you know, that we've done. So we have a, we have an initiative at Safe Schools for Alex, where we try to, where, where we, we offer free private online music lessons to middle school band students in title one schools. So that's been, that's been really um, gratifying for me is to help, help children and families that are, that are less fortunate so that's, that's one thing that, that definitely gives me, you know, me, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, that, that's been, that's been really cool. And we started that because Alex was in the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Eagle Regiment marching band and being in, being in the band showed Alex, uh, you know, that, you know, the power of, of a of a work ethic, you know, and what, what he was able to achieve from working hard in in band and um he actually uh douglas won the state title just several months before the the tragedy in in tampa i was there on the field as part of the field crew and that that was just amazing i remember that day one of the happiest moments and uh, i mean alex met met his best friends and and really helped his self-confidence in the band so uh so avery wanting to follow in her, her brother's footsteps, she picked up the trombone. So 
But during COVID, you know, a lot of these kids were not getting instruction at all. They didn't have band and we were really afraid that the kids were going to put down their instruments and never pick them up again. So that's why we started the Let the Music Play On program. And if your listeners want to check it out, they can go to safeschoolsforalex.org and and help help support our program. So that's that's one thing that that has been, you know, that's helped me as well as, you know, while it's helping other kids. And then also, you know, I want to use use our, our tragedy to help others. And um, so for instance, one of the, you know, I started this, this federal school safety clearinghouse at schoolsafety.gov. And I recommend all parents to go check it out. It, it is really amazing uh, what the federal government uh, can do if they all work together. So that's schoolsafety.gov. That's the new federal school safety clearinghouse where schools and parents can find information on every, every um, of the all the foundational elements of school safety. And they can also find that's the centralized place for grant dollars. So there are over 40 different grant programs and almost $2 billion of grant funding where schools can access and apply for on schoolsafety.gov. And with the new bipartisan uh, gun safety bill that President Biden just signed, there's going to be hundreds of millions and billions of dollars that are going to be injected into school safety and mental health that are all those grants are now going to be housed on schoolsafety.gov. Uh, one of the other uh, programs and initiatives that that I felt needed to be started after Parkland is, you know, when these these horrible tragedies happen, it's it's just mass chaos. Uh, these communities, are not prepared. They never thought this was going to happen. And they really are just drinking from a fire hose. And I, it did not make any sense to me well, that we didn't have experts that have lived this and, and gone through these horrible tragedies in the past to help the next community. So that's what I wanted to start. And that's what I did start. Um, uh, I had to buy in from the Department of Justice and in, in the Trump administration. But at the end of and the end of uh, the end of that term, there was just a lot, a lot going on. It never happened. So I, I reengaged uh, my advocacy again in the Biden administration, and the Department of Justice just formed the Mass Violence Advisory Initiative. And so that's a partnership between uh, DOJ's Bureau of Justice Assistance and the International Association of Chiefs of Police. And so what we were able to form is we have subject matter experts as part of our peer-to-peer support group where we will fly into the next community that suffers a mass tragedy and bring real expertise. So just to give you an example of some of the, the experts that we have on our team, we've got Sheriff John Mina, who was the sheriff during Pulse. We've got uh, Dan Oates, who was the chief of police during the Aurora Theater shooting. We've got public information officers from the, the Aurora Theater shooting. We've got uh, psychologists. We've got just a, a whole host of experts that have really lived this and helped their community through, through, this, through their tragedies and um, that have a lot of lessons learned uh, and best practices that we've developed. I'm on the team as well um, that can help the next community. So like we reached out to Uvalde 
and offer our services free, we, we can surge into that next community to help answer the questions uh, that they have. Because the most important thing um, that I try to get across to uh, law enforcement and communities so that they can be prepared is that when this happens, everything has to be victim centric. And sometimes that gets lost. Um, but you know, there you shouldn't have to reinvent the wheel every time this happens. And there's a lot of lessons learned. So that's that's one thing that, even though it's hard, um, I think that 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 is that is part of my mission is to help victims, families, and communities that suffer from mass tragedies. You know, if I can be there for them, um, you know, I've I've lived it. I live it every day. I know that that I can help help the next community, whether it's you know helping victims' families from Surfside building collapse or helping families that uh, went through the Tree of Life shooting. You know, uh, we're, we're the, I'm there for them. We're there for them, and and it helps me when I help others. So since this is going to be published as audio, I want to just do a little bit of captioning for those that might have missed your face when you were talking about the music program <laughs> and, and remembering back on Alex's time in the band and, and Avery picking up the instrument. I mean, your whole face and energy changed when, when you thought about music and, and the joy that music brought to Alex and to your family and can bring to others through that program. So I just, I just wanted to comment on that um, because I think those are, I think everybody probably has that, right? Whatever it is, whether it's music or sports or sciences or your pets, your family, whatever it is. And, and I'm sure you have many of those things, those memories that just brought you to a place. Um, and I could just see it on your face of, of something, like you said, one, one of the, the proudest days of your life. And so I, I love that you, you, you have those moments in what you're sharing as well. I feel like that in itself is maybe even just a little pocket of grounding and coping as you're, as you're going through this is to remember um, and just get in touch with those moments that comfort you and bring you joy. So I, I feel honored to have even just witnessed a little bit of that. So thank you for, for talking about the music. And then of course, selfishly, you know, music is my jam. So I appreciate that as well. And, and so excited um, to get to be involved with your family and the, and the music journey as well. Um, and, and through music therapy, you know, and, and, and uh, really excited that, that one of your daughters is, is excited to go into this field and, and to be part of her training is it's awesome. Um, so I just wanted to, to mention that I, 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 I appreciate so much of what you're sharing about the the things that you have to do to take care of yourself um, through this journey. If there are others listening to this today, I, I do want that to be one of the big takeaways that you hear that that is important. Yes, there is work to do. Uh, yes, there are things to be involved in. Yes, there are, are all these resources and all these these laws and bills and, and, and websites and all these things. We, we want the world to be filled with these resources um, but as our last podcast guest was mentioning, and I know it's a cliche, but it's so true. You can, you cannot pour from an empty cup. So checking in with yourself, um, knowing yourself, being honest with yourself and what your capabilities are at this moment is so important. And when you get to that point where it is healthy and safe and comfortable to share 
your story and to use that to help others like Max is doing. There is so much value in that. I know I've been on the phone the last few weeks, you know, providing some consultation for the Buffalo music therapist and last week, the Uvalde music therapist going down to Surfside as well, providing some services around the one year anniversary. And um, I, I feel like it's something small that I can do um, for other creative arts therapists around the world that, like you said, Max, have never experienced anything like this before. I never thought I would become a trauma specialist in response to disaster. Um, and, and I just happened to uh, do an event for Pulse um, after that happened and, and get some musicians together to raise some money. And, you know, we, it, these things happen in our, in our community, in, in your case, obviously, um, more devastatingly your family. And when this occurs, I believe that it's, it is a beautiful thing to be able to reach out to others because this is something no one on earth could possibly be prepared for, whether from the personal or professional stance. So while, while this, this podcast um, is dedicated to this idea of mutual mentorship, we are constantly learning um, from others. We are constantly teaching others. That's kind of our, our role here on the planet. Um, my question that I, I ask at the end of every show is what is a mentorship moment that stands out to you? And maybe it's specific to this journey that you've had over the last four years, or maybe something before that, but a time when either someone was a mentor to you or that you provided mentorship to someone else, what, what's a moment for you that stands out? A mentorship moment. Um, hmm. That's, that's a good question. You know, I, I think, I think that um, through, through grief, uh, you know, creates those moments. And it was probably the time that uh, I don't know if you know, Samantha Cutler, um, but uh, she started, she started an organization as well to, to help others. And um, she, she started uh, her, her mother is a teacher at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas was one of Alex's teachers and taught, uh, taught my other kids as well. And um, Mrs. Cutler. And so she started this, this, uh, this, it's called a Parkland. It was called a Parkland. It's called Parkland. It's called Parkland to Pittsburgh. And so about six months after the tree of life shooting, she arranged this, this trip uh, for, for Parkland to go help the victims of the tree of life shooting. And, you know, not, I had never really uh, engaged with, with other families who, who have uh, been through horrible tragedies and being Jewish, I, I wanted to help the victims from the tree of life shooting but I had never, never really put myself in that kind of situation before. And so, but six months after Tree of Life, we flew to, we flew to Pittsburgh and uh, we, we met with, with the victims' families uh, from that horrible tragedy, the worst anti-Semitic attack in, in U.S. history, and um, where a murderer walked into a synagogue and just, um, you know, murdered all these innocent people. And so we were in a room, uh, you know, uh, kind of like a conference room with people that we had never met before. And there were a handful of us that, that took the trip to go to, to Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. And so we were in a room and Fred Guttenberg was there. 
and um, a lot of the family members were there, and it was kind of just like a meet and greet, an introduction, and and we just started talking, and um, you know there were a lot of family members that were in a dark place. Some had never left the house in six months. They were just you know, um, in a really dark, dark despair after, you know, there's so many different, different degrees and dimensions to, to the, to a tragedy like this. I mean, I had lost my wife before, but obviously losing a child is another level of grief, but losing a loved one in a mass shooting is, is, is even worse. And the media and the publicity, and then, um, like for instance, what's happening in Uvalde, you've got the accountability section and you're trying to find out what happened and you're trying to hold those individuals accountable and that, that fight, that daily fight. Um, and so, you know, you know, just hearing us talk, um, really helped the families in, in Pittsburgh and, and as I as I have relationships with them over the last couple of years, you know they they point back to to that time when when Parkland came to Pittsburgh and the victims' families from from the Parkland school shooting um, met with the victims' families from the Tree of Life shooting, and they talk about how much we really helped them and to show them that 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 there is there is life. Um, after after a horrible tragedy and and that you never move on but you you have to move forward every day um move forward for your loved ones move forward for your kids and um that you can have have purpose and and you can have um you know and you you can you can have a life and and you will and you will have it and so it was uh, it was really powerful, and and I want to continue to help other other families that have gone through this uh, because there is there is there is a lot that I can do for others, and um, and it and it gives me m- more joy uh, and, and and purpose to help others um, than I am helping them. And by coming on the program today, you're helping so many others by just providing all of these uh, resources and, and sharing your story. Like I said, that there's so much power in just feeling heard in someone else's journey and, and being able to connect those feelings in yourself. So I thank you so much for your time. Before we end, I want to give you another chance to share all of the ways that people can uh, be in contact with what you all are working on, um, websites, social media, things like that. Yeah. If, if people would like to help, uh, get informed, get more information about making their school safer, please go to safeschoolsforalex.org. And, um, you can find information on our music program. If you'd like to help a child in need in a title one school, uh, title one schools are, are schools where, 90% of the kids are on free and reduced lunch and are, and are really economically disadvantaged. Um, you can do that through our website, safeschoolsforalex.org. And, or if you'd just like to make your school safe, there's a lot of great resources. We, we created the first school safety dashboard to use data to, to make schools safer. So schools, uh, every school in Florida, we're in, we're, we've created dashboards in Florida, uh, New Hampshire, Kentucky, 
of Virginia. And so every parent can go online and look up uh, look up their school. So you can just type in your school and you can see exactly what is happening inside your school. Because when I dropped Alex off, I had no idea what was happening inside his classroom. And so the, our school safety dashboard really lifts the veil and to educates and educates parents on what's happening inside your school so that you can be an active participant in making your school safe. And um, if I can be of a resource to anyone else, you can reach out to me at max at safeschoolsforalex.org as well. Thank you, Max, so much for your time, for all that you do, um, thinking of you these, these upcoming weeks um, and, and hoping that you continue to find those pockets of joy and comfort, um, like the music, um, remembering those things. And that goes for everyone, remembering the, the power of those moments um, when you need that break to take that break. Um, but for so much that you've shared with our audience today, I appreciate you very much. Thank you for having me, Brie. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. If you have listened to this conversation today and can think of someone in your circle that would benefit from this information, and as always, spoiler alert, it there is someone, there's probably more than one someone who can definitely benefit from this today. Uh, please do share this episode with them. It does help our visibility with any rating and review that we receive on Apple Podcasts. So as always, appreciate your efforts there. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. We will see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Mindful Mentor. I hope you found comfort, inspiration, or maybe learned something new about yourself during our conversation. If you know of someone who would benefit from this information, please share this episode with them. If you're interested in being a part of the show as a guest or as a sponsor, please contact us at info at mindfulbree.com. If you want to bring this conversation into your community or to your workplace, please visit mindfulbree.com to book an in-person experience. Let's continue this conversation about empathy and self-awareness on social media by visiting my Instagram, MindfulMentorBree. Mentorship is all about constant and lifelong learning and guidance. Thank you for learning with me today.